You're listening to the weekly partial podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Beit Shemesh, Israel 5783-2023. This week's parasha is Parshas Vayikra. We begin a new Sefer of the Torah, a brand new book. But really it's a Hemshech, it's a continuation from the previous book. At the end of Sefer Shemos, we had four different parashas that spoke about the Mishkan, the construction of the Mishkan, the different parts of the Mishkan. And... Finally, at the beginning of our Sefer, the beginning of our parish of Ayikra, Hashem Moshe, God calls out to Moshe from the Oil Moed, from this tent of meeting, from this place that the Jewish people, the entire nation, has completely given themselves to, to create, to put together a place where Hashem's presence will dwell. From that place, Hashem's presence, God's voice calls out to Moshe Rabbeinu and tells him all about the karbonis, the sacrifices that are to be brought, what is the way to connect to Hashem through this incredible building, this edifice that was built, the tabernacle? Before we get to the Medrash, which I'd like to share with you today, and the Pasuk, which I'd like to share with you some concepts which are not explicit in the Medrash, before that, I'd like to share with you just a simple thought that occurred to me as we're going through these parshias. As we're talking about the tabernacle, and as we begin to hear how Hashem calls to Moshe from the tabernacle, from the Mishkan, we read these parishes always at this time of year, leading in to Nisan, leading into Pesach, to Passover. And I was struck with the thought that, you know, it's our heart's desires, our deepest prayer. We've been praying for two millennia. That Hashem, give us back, back a base Hamikdash. Give us back a place where His presence dwells so that we can bring the Korbanus, we can fulfill these commandments. There are 613 commandments. Many of those commandments involve bringing sacrifices that we can't bring today because we don't have a base of English, we don't have a temple, we don't have a Mizbeach, we don't have an altar. We're waiting for that moment, right? The Jewish people have returned to Eretz Yisrael, we've returned to Eretz Yisrael, to Yerushalayim, to, in, in, in the millions. And we don't yet have a Beis HaMikdash. And I was thinking that we read at this time about the tabernacle and about the calling, Hashem calling to Moshe Rabbeinu as a kind of, it's to, to be ma'ayr in us, to awaken in us a sense of awe, a sense of wanting, desire for that relationship, for the Mishkan, for a Beis HaMikdash, for a temple. Because Pesach is that time where we bring the Korban, the Korban Pesach. It's a foundational, one of the first mitzvahs the Jewish people received was to bring a Korban Pesach, the sacrifice. The, the Seder is, is not a complete Seder that we have. We're missing the, the central component. Pesach, the Korban Pesach. That's why it's called Pesach. It represents the fact that Hashem passed over our homes, saved the Jewish people, brought us out, made us into a nation. It's such a central component to Pesach, and it's missing. We're used to the matzah. We know about the Seder, but the Seder is really about the Korban Pesach. And we could say, perhaps that we read about the Mishkan, and we read about Hashem calling to Moshe, because there's a calling, a calling to Beis HaMikdash, a calling to the Temple, a calling to mitzvahs, a calling to Karvim Pesach, that we're supposed to hear as we read these parshias and as we lead in. We're, we're heading in. We have two weeks left, less than two weeks until until Pesach comes. 
And there's a call. Hashem's voice is calling out to us. Come, come back. Come back to the, my mikdash. Come back to my temple. Come back to, to bring in Korbanus. Come back to Eretz Yisrael. Come back to Yushalayim, to Jerusalem. So, with that introduction, I'd like to share with you what the Medrash says. Because it also speaks about coming back. Rebavo Posach. Rebavo began his explanation of Sefer Vayikra as follows. He brought the Posach and Hoshea, which we're going to see, not just what the Medrash says, as I mentioned, but also what some of the Mephorshim say on the Posach, because it's very important to understand this call, this call, the call of Hashem to us, to Moshe Rabbeinu, but to us. Pesach says in Hosea, in Hosea chapter 14, verse 5. Yeshuvu, I'm sorry, verse 8. Yeshuvu Yeshuvah The Pesach says, those who sit in the shade of Hashem, those who come to nestle in the, under the wings of the Divine Presence, they shall return. Elu HaGerim. This is a reference to the Gerim, to those who convert who come under the Divine Presence, come under the wings of the Divine Presence, they're protected in, this, in the shade of God, as it were. Now, what about, and we'll see shortly, what this has to do with Vayikra El Moshe, what this, what this has to do with Hashem calling out to Moshe. But there's a concept of Gerim, people who return to the Jewish people, people who connect into the Jewish people, become a part of the Jewish people, they started off as non-Jews, they become Jewish. Yechayu Dagan says the Medrash, Nasu Iker Kisrael. The Pasuk says, the verse says, they shall, there's different explanations of what this actually means in the verse, but Yechayu Dagan means, as the Medrash understands it, they shall live like Dagan. Like, the, the word Dagan means, means wheat, or other kinds of crops that support human existence. So, Yechayu Dogen, they shall live as wheat. They shall live as these sustaining foods. Nasu Yikar Ki Yisrael says the Medrash, when Gerim come, when those proselytes come to join the Jewish people, they become as important as the people of Israel themselves. Yechayu Dogen means they live like Dogen. Dogen is a reference to those things that sustain mankind, but we're going to say that it's a reference to the Jewish people as well. Pesach in Zechariah refers to the Jewish people as Dagon. In a certain sense, the Jewish people provide sustenance to the entire world through our connection to Hashem, through our through our bringing the Torah down into the world, through the spiritual teachings upon which two other major religions are, are based comes through us. The Yifrichu Kagafen says the verse, they shall flower like a like a vine, like a grapevine. So the Gerim, first of all, they're like the Jewish people in regards to the fact that they are sustaining the world. They're also like the Jewish people insofar as they are like the vine. The vine as is pointed out in the Mephorshim, a vine. So it itself, the, the, the vine itself, the tree, so to speak, of the grapevine, it's, it's not a great tree. It's not a great wood. You can't really, you can't really construct anything without wood. It itself is nothing amazing. But the grapes, the fruits that it produces are something that everyone seeks. 
for grape juice, for wine. We see that the Jewish people is also referred to as a grapevine. And the gerim, the the proselytes, those who join the Jewish people in a certain sense, their background, their tree is weak. It's not, it's, it comes from a place which wasn't as spiritual, which wasn't as connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to God. And yet, they're able to attach themselves in a way that they produce delicious fruits just as the Jewish people do. Now, what's the idea here? How does this connect to Vayikra Hashem Moshe? We're going to see very shortly. The Talmud says the Medrash, the Dagon, besides referring to the Jewish people, can also refer to the, the study of Gemara, the study of Tarshabal Peh, the oral tradition, the Gerim, those who attach themselves to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they have a special ability thinking of a, Rabbi Akiva, who was the son of, of Yosef, who was a ger. They have a special ability to study the Torah. They, they flower like a, like a vine. It's a reference to the fact that they study Medrash, they understand Midrashim, like we're studying together right now. Their mention, says the end of this verse, their mention is like the wine of, the Lebanon, of Lebanon. What does that mean? Their mention. That means how we refer to them. How there, there's something precious about the way that we refer to someone. Let's see what this means. And this is the this is the center here. This is the point. The names of Gerim, the names of people who attach themselves to Hashem who come to nestle under God's wings, as it were. That Those names, the names that they use, are so special to me, like like the wine. What's the wine of Levana and the wine of Lebanon? It's a reference to, the, the Levanoin, as we're going to see, Lebanon refers to the Beis Hamikdash, the temple, the place where the Jewish people connect to Hashem. There's a wine that's brought there as a, a wine libation upon the altar there. The names of Gerim, says Hashem, and we need to know what this means, we're going to see shortly. The names of Gerim are beloved to me as the wine that's brought in front of the Mizbeach. What does that mean? So the Mephoshim explained like this. Moshe Rabbeinu, as the Medrash continues to say, which we're, which we're not going to see together, the Medrash tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu had many different names. He was named Avigdor, he was named Shmaya. Different people gave him different names. The name that we call Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, the teacher of all of Israel, the one who received the Torah, transmitted the Torah to us, his name, Moshe, was given to him by Basia by the daughter of Paro. And our sages tell us that the daughter of Paro was in the process of Gior. She was becoming part of the Jewish people. Now, why does Hashem refer to Moshe? Vayikra Hashem el Moshe. He calls out to Moshe. Not just does He call out to Moshe. He's calling out to Moshe, drawing Him into the, to the Mikdash, into the Temple, into the place of divine revelation. Which name does Hashem use? He doesn't use the name of Vigdor. He doesn't use the name Shmaya. He doesn't use the name uh, Nisanel. The different names. 
Hashem uses the name Moshe, and Hamayim Shisu. Batya expressed, the daughter of Power expressed how she drew Moses out of the water. That name Moshe expresses that, his, that he was drawn out of the water. That name was given by a ger, says the Medrash. That name was given by somebody who had come to, to come under the shade of God, as it were. There's something unique and special about that name. Moshe is given that name. He's given this name by Basi Basparai, the Giyaris, the convert to Judaism. And that's the name Hashem uses when He refers to Moshe. That's the name He uses when He wants to draw him into the Mikdash, into the Divine Presence. It's a powerful teaching. Moshe is telling us, but what's underlying this teaching? What's underlying this teaching, as I understand it, is that there's a unique perspective. What is it about a name? What is, it, what's, what is the concept of a name? You know, the Torah tells us that Adam HaRishan, the first man, one of the things that he did in his first hours on earth before he sinned, was that he gave names to all of the animals. What's, what's the chashibus of that? Why does the Torah tell us that? It's, it's open verses at the beginning of Bracious in Genesis. What, what's the idea? Because names express essence. When I give something a name, I'm saying, what is this? What is its purpose? Where does it fit into the divine plan? A ger, a convert, who, is, who comes from outside, Yashuvu they come from outside, and where are they coming? They're coming to sit under the shade of God. They come in with a unique perspective. They come in with a unique connection. And therefore, they have a different way of naming things. They have a different way of saying what the essence of this person is. Batya calls Moshe Rabbeinu, she calls him Moshe, I drew him out of the water. We can think about the connection we find in Masech HaSukah, it talks about the, the Simchas Beis HaShoeva, the water drawing ceremony that was on Sukkot. And they, the Taisus there says, they were drawing Ruach HaKadosh, there's something about a connection of water, drawing water, drawing from the higher realms and divine inspiration. You could think about that further. But the essence of who Moshe Rabbeinu is, is defined by Bati Basparo, by Agiris, by a convert, someone who has a different perspective about what it means to have a relationship with Hashem. And that's the name that Hashem uses. This is just so beautiful, so incredible. That's the name that Hashem uses when He wants to refer to Moshe, when He wants to draw him into the Mikdash. He uses that name to teach us that we need that fresh perspective when it comes to our relationship with Hashem, when it comes to entering into the Mikdash, when it comes to the excitement that we have. The excitement... Let's read just the end of the Medrash, then get back to the Pasuk. says the Medrash, Why is the base Hamikdash referred to as Levanan, which means a cedar of Lebanon? The, the mountain, this good mountain is referred to, right? The, the Temple Mount. <coughs> Excuse me. The good mountain. What is the idea? Why is the mountain, why is the Beis Hamikdash referred to as Levonin? 
as Lebanon. Tony Reb Shimon ben Yechai, Reb Shimon ben Yechai, the author of the Zohar, tells us, The word Levonin, which means Lebanon. Also, the root of this word is Lavan, which means white. The temple serves to purify the Jewish people. If your sins are red, they're going to be whitened like snow, says the Pasuk. Going to be whitened like the whiteness of wool. So the there's a purifying factor of the Besamekdash of the Temple. There's a purifying factor. The Gerim, I'm connecting it back to the beginning, it's not explicit in the Medrash, but there's a purifying factor, there's a sense. A person who comes as a Geri looks at all the things that he's done in the past. It could be about tshuva, has this aspect as well. He looks at all the things that he's done in the past and he says, I'm, I want to turn away from that. I want to start a new, with a new slate. That name. I pulled him out of the water. The, the water is something that purifies a human being. The water is something that cleanses. You're brand new. You come into Mikdash. You come into the temple. Your relationship with Hashem is, is different. It's brand new. Klal Yisrael, think about it. We're entering into, into Nisan, into Pesach, bringing in Korban Pesach. It's, it's about us being a new nation. We're, we're cleansing ourselves off from the, from the Avoid the Zara, the, the idolatry of, of Mitzrayim, of Egypt. And we're walking into, we're, we are a new nation. Hashem is redeeming us. Just like the water purifies those who are impure, Hashem purifies us. Says Rav Tevyumi, you know why it's called Livanon? Why is the temple called Lebanon? It's because the word Livanon contains within it Lev, which means the heart. Livanon means there's an awesome rejoicing. The heart rejoices. Right? The Beis Hamigdash is referred to as this place of beautiful scenes, beautiful nof, beautiful, you know, you come to Harabais, you come to the Kaisel, you come to Yushalayim, right? Yushalayim Harim Savivla, it's surrounded by beautiful scenery. But it's the place that the the person rejoices. You said, "You faint of me, says call the arts causes all of the world to rejoice." Right? You're you're free. You're free from from sin. You're free from who you were. You're free to become a new person. Rabbanan Amri Hashem, Sham The Rabbanan say there's another aspect of this rejoicing, which has to do with the fact that Hashem refers to the base Hamikdash, to the temple, as the place where His eyes and His heart are there. His heart is there all the time. The word lave, the heart. Hashem's heart is there, as it were. His thoughts are there. Levanon, same word. It's a place of God's feelings and heart. That's the Medrash. That's the beautiful, beautiful Medrash. Now I'd like to take you to the Psukim. I'd like to read to you some of the Psukim. Speaking, it's the famous Psukim, Shuvi Yisrael HaRashem Lekecha, Return O Israel to Hashem your God. And God makes a promise. He says, eh katal Yisrael. I will be like dew, like the morning dew, to the people of Israel. They will flower like a rose. 
Their their roots will will shoot out like Lebanon, like the cedars of Lebanon. Again, we have this theme. So there's a reference here to something very powerful. Because Baruch Hu is purifying us through the Beis Hamikdash. The verses are also speaking about this purification. Yelchu their children will go and they will be like a like a an olive. They'll have a smell, a beautiful smell like but like Lebanon. And we'll see in the Mephorshim here what this what this means. And here's our verse which we quote in the Medrash. They will return, those who wish to sit in God's presence under his divine shade. There's different understandings of the Pashim Shad of this of these words. Simple understanding. They will they will and the, the most simple understanding is they will live like like Dagon, like like um grains. and they will flower like like a vine. Their their mention is like the wine of Lebanon. I'd like to read to you from the Malbim. The Malbim explains that what is this Lebanon? We keep repeating Lebanon. We mentioned in the Medrash that Lebanon refers to the base of English, to the Temple. But the Malbim actually says something more than that. That Lebanon is not just a reference to the Temple, but it's a reference. We said that the, the roots will strike forth like Lebanon. What happens is the Jewish people, these verses are speaking about the, the Jewish people. We've gone off into Gullus, we've gone off into exile. And our roots have shot down into different places, to different lands throughout our exile in Europe, in Asia, in America. South America, South Africa, Africa. Right, but those those roots they are removed. They don't have a permanent place. Why? Because what's the Levanin says the Malbim in the verses is Vireach that we have a beautiful smell like the Lebanon. What's the Lebanon? There's, there, it's a reference. This beautiful smell of Lebanon is a reference to the holiness, the purity, which is connected to Lebanon, which, which is in the land of Israel, which is the place of holiness and the place of, of purity. Says the Malbim, Yashuvu Yeshve Bitsilai. Umehem Yashuvu Elishir Tsilias Yeshve Bitsilar Slamer Bitsila Levonim. There are those who will want to return to purity. They will want to return to where? I can't read this word. Uba Shiravim and Agoyim Yashuvu Lashevis Beerz Yisrael. Many of those who have gone into exile will return to the land of Israel, says the Malbim. This was written 200 years ago, approximately. He says many will return from their exiles. They will, they will feel uprooted, right? Their roots will have been removed, like we said, and they will return to the 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 place where their 
that beautiful smell, that Kedusha, the Tahara, that purity, that holiness, where is it they will return to that place of holiness, the root of which they access perhaps somehow in their far off places? They will return. They will return to, to the shade of Hashem, though under the, to come under the wings of God, as it were, in the holy place of Levanum, which is a reference to the, play, the land of Israel, the holy land. They will start to be able to provide for their families there. The Jewish people will be like like a vineyard, like 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 a vine that produces fruits. And there will also be those who will remember and mention Eretz Yisrael. Even those who don't return to Eretz Yisrael, to the land of Israel, they don't forget Eretz Yisrael. Just like those who know about good wines, they, they all talk about the delicious Lebanese wine, the, the, the unbelievable wine from Lebanon. Right? If you ever drank that wine, you never forget. Those who are unable to come to Israel for whatever reason, but they don't forget about the sweet taste of Jerusalem, the sweet taste of the holy mountain, the sweet taste of Jerusalem. They, they remind themselves of it whenever they have a joyous occasion. So Malam says that these verses refer to those who return to Eretz Yisrael and those who who are pining for the delicious taste of the wine of Israel, of the of the of the spiritual wine. Now let's bring it back to the Medrash. Let's bring it back to this this Medrash and and think about wrap it up with that pining, that desire for Eretz Yisrael. That Yeshua Yeshua there's the Gerim, who Hashem appreciates the way that they speak, appreciates the way that that Basia calls Moshe, pulling him out of the water. Hashem is calling Moshe to the Mikdash, to the Tabernacle, and he uses that name. Why? Because there's something special about the way that somebody who wants to return, who is coming under the div- the wings of the divine presence. The way that they speak, the way that they call things, the way that they put a name on something is different because of their, uh, of who they are, of who, what their goal is. And I want to say, connecting it to this Pasuk and the Malbim, Eretz Yisrael, what is it that's special about Eretz Yisrael? It's the place of the Torah, it's the, it's the goal of the Torah, the entire Torah is bringing us to Eretz Yisrael. The entire Torah is bringing us to Har, to the holy mountain. Why? What is it about? What is it about that desire for Eretz Yisrael? It's about coming back to our relationship with Hashem. You can't do it the same when you're in Gullus. You can't do it the same when you're out in the far-off lands. 
there has to be a desire and, and bringing that desire to fruition. It's Hashem calling us. The, the parishes are calling us to return to Beis HaMikdash, to return to Eretz Yisrael, to return to the, to the good mountain, to return. That's the name of Moshe. Whenever we hear the name Moshe, it reminds us, return. Return. We use this name that Basya, who was returning to Hashem, used. Return to Beis HaMikdash. Return to Yerushalayim. Return to Eretz Yisrael. Return to who you really are. I want to bless you. I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us to indeed take this message to heart. To be able to start to envision. If we're in Eretz Yisrael, to envision returning to Yushalayim, to returning to Beis HaMikdash. If we're outside of Eretz Yisrael, to start moving in the direction of returning to Eretz Yisrael, to Beis HaMikdash, to relationship with Hashem. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.